Good afternoon. We're going to read Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. So if you could turn to page 1016 of your Bible, please. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all are hidden, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing, overflowing with thankfulness. This is the word of God. It's a bit of God. Well, good afternoon, 3.30. Great to see you. My name is Andrew. I'm the pastor of the service, if I haven't met you before. And I'd love to meet you if we haven't met after the service. Please come and say hi. It'd be great to get to know you. Uh, let's pray together as we come before God and his word. God, as we gather here this afternoon, we gather in your presence with expectant hearts because we know the promise in Isaiah that your word will not return to you empty but will accomplish what you plan and purpose. And so we pray, Father, that you would work in our hearts now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the big point of today's talk is nothing really that new. It's nothing groundbreaking. You're not going to leave church saying, wow, that was you know, just a fresh perspective I've never really thought of before. That was a, a new thought that's really going to just kind of make waves in the community. Uh, you're not going to turn it into a hashtag it's nothing catchy or flashy that's going to end up on the title of a book cover, but that's kind of the point. The point of today's talk is very, very simple. It's this, one word, continue. Continue. It's not a flashy word. It's not an impressive word, but that is what God wants to say to us this afternoon, continue. Continue. Have a look in your Bibles at chapter 2, verse 6, and see what Paul says to the church in Colossae. He says, chapter 2, verse 6, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. What's Paul saying to the church in Colossae? He's saying, just as you received Jesus, just as you became a Christian, continue. Keep going in Jesus. Keep pressing on. Continue. It's a very positive message. It's a very positive letter. Continue just as you started. And, you know, as I look around our church, the people that I know, I just see people who are living for Jesus, loving like Jesus, as we talk about here at church, who are growing in Jesus. And I think God just wants to say the same thing to us. Continue just as you started. Keep going. Of course, the tragic thing is that we all know people who begin their Christian walk 
and they don't continue. I can think of a friend. I grew up with her in church. She received the message of Jesus just like I did. She was serving in church. She called herself a Christian, and then she made a series of decisions to put other things above God. Work, family, pleasure, popularity. It's not that she woke up one morning and said, you know what, I've decided not to be a Christian anymore. I don't think that happens very often. But it was a slow drift, and she hasn't continued. I can think of another friend. We also grew up together. She also had received the teaching of Jesus just like I had, and then life got hard. Life got difficult. And rather than running to God and holding on to him, she gave it up, and she didn't continue. Every now and then we hear stories of Christian leaders, Christian pastors that we know around the world who were teaching the message of Jesus and then decided to move on to something else, to graduate, to move on to fresh truths and fresh ideas and leave behind what they were preaching about Jesus and depart. And they didn't continue. And that's why what God wants to say to us this afternoon is so important. Just keep going. It's an encouragement. Just keep pressing on. Go deeper into Jesus. Continue. These two verses we're going to just invest in, verse 6 and 7, you know, they're they're like the center of the whole book of Colossians because the whole book of Colossians is just this encouragement to continue living for Jesus, going deeper, pressing on in Christ. So let's look at these verses. Two points this afternoon, really simple. Number one, receive Jesus. Number two, continue in Jesus. Receive Jesus and continue in Jesus. Look down at your Bibles, verse 6. Paul says this to the Colossians. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. To be a Christian is to be someone who has received Jesus. To be someone who's received Jesus. You know, right off the bat, I think that's quite challenging. Because I think if you spoke to the average person on the street and you asked them, what do you think it means to be a Christian? I think your average person on the street would say something like, to be a Christian is to obey the teachings of the Bible, to be a good person, to earn God's approval, to be a good person so that you make it to heaven. Is that right? The average person would say that about Christianity? But if you know anything, if you're familiar with Christianity, you know that's the exact opposite. Now, the teachings of the Bible is that we can never be good enough for God. It's, it's not about earning God's approval. We can't earn our way to heaven. No, no, all we can do is come before God with our arms open and receive. Receive. Receive him because God has done all that is needed. He gave up his son for us on the cross. He's done the work to save us. He's done the work to rescue us. And all we can do is receive. Let me ask you, do you remember when you received Jesus? Some of you in this room, maybe you received Jesus when you were a kid. You might not remember. But others of you in this room, you might remember when you're 20s, your 30s, 40s, whatever, when you first received Jesus into your life. Do you remember that? 
Do you remember the joy that filled your heart when you saw how much he loved you for the first time? Do you remember the wonder that gripped you when you grasped for the very first time who Jesus is? Do you remember the humility, the humility that filled you when you understood that he died for you? Do you remember the hope that filled your heart when you grasped that Jesus is the Lord of all and he has your future in his hands? Do you remember that? Last year, I had the wonderful privilege of meeting someone for coffee and watching them receive Jesus for the very first time. Watching them grasp that being a Christian is not about trying to be a good person, but that God is a generous, grace-giving God who loves us and gave up his son for us. And he just said to me, wow, wow. And he received Jesus. Have you received Jesus? might be some people in this room who you haven't. You haven't actually received Jesus into your heart. What does it mean to receive Jesus? Well, what does it say there in verse 6? Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, as Lord. To receive Jesus is not to receive him as a buddy. It's not to receive him as some kind of positive example or influencer in your life. To receive Jesus is to receive him as Lord to receive him as king, to submit to him, to live for him. Now, we've already known, if you've been with us through the book of Colossians, we saw in chapter 1 that Jesus is Lord. He's glorious. He's supreme. Paul says in verse 15 of chapter 1, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rules and authorities. He goes on that Jesus is before all things. Jesus is the head of the church. God has all his fullness dwell in Jesus. Jesus has reconciled us to the Father. Jesus is Lord. He's incredible. He's supreme. And so to receive him is to come before him on our knees and say, you're my master. You're my Lord. You're the one I serve. You know, at the time, in the society that the Colossians were living in, the mantra of the day would have been, Caesar is Lord. Caesar is Lord. But the Christians marched to a different tune and they proclaimed, no, 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 Jesus is Lord. And that's what it means to become a Christian. That's what it means to become a Christian. Up on the screen, you can see Romans chapter 10. It says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what it means to be saved. To receive Jesus as Lord. Now, it's more than just saying that Jesus is your boss. You know, that word Lord, it's, it's a translation of an Old Testament title for God, which just means, it means that he's God. To call Jesus Lord is to say, Jesus, you're my God. You're my master. You're my king. I'm living for you. I don't know about you, but often I'm tempted. I want to make Jesus my saviour, but I don't want him to be my Lord. You ever had this before? We want Jesus to be our saviour. We, we want to be forgiven. We want to, we want to be rescued from our sins. We want to enjoy Jesus in the here and now. We want to 
we want Jesus to save us from hell and judgment, but we don't want him to be Lord. We don't want him to tell us how to live. We don't want to have to submit to him, particularly when it's inconvenient. But what is it saying? No, no, to be a Christian is to receive him not just as Savior, but as Lord. And that's important because if you think about our hearts, we're living for other things, aren't we? We're so prone to live for other things as Lord. Career as Lord. Family as Lord. Success as Lord. Pleasure as Lord. And none of them satisfy. And we wonder why. It's because our hearts were made to have Jesus on the throne. Our hearts were made to have Jesus on the throne. He is the only one worthy. He is the only Lord. And so let me ask you, 3.30, have you received him? Have you received him? Maybe in, your, in this room right now, you, you know you've, you've received him as a saviour, but you've never received him as Lord. That's point one. Receive Jesus. Point two. Continue in Jesus. Look again, verse 6. Verse 6, it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Have you ever started something and not finished it? You ever started something and not finished it? Uh, I can think of countless New Year's resolutions which I started and things were going strong. You know, I was going to the gym twice a week or I was reading a novel on, the, on a Saturday like I've been wanting to do for years. And I start strong and I don't continue. Yeah, I can think of uh, plenty of examples in my life when that's happened. One of the ones I'm most ashamed of is in primary school when I committed to doing the 40-hour famine. You know the 40-hour famine? Raising money, going 40 hours, not eating any food. I started strong. I really did. Until it got to lunchtime. And uh, I snuck into the Oatley West Primary School toilets and ate a banana when no one was looking. You all look really... Yeah, I know. It was, it was in year five. I'm sorry. Uh, I started strong, but I didn't finish. I didn't finish. And I'm sure we've all got stories of that. Maybe you're sitting next to someone, a partner at home who's started some kind of work in the house, some kind of maintenance job, and it's sat unfinished for about three months, and you're thinking of them right now and just giving them a silent jab. We all know that. And, and Paul's so convinced that that's a danger for us, that we start in Jesus and we don't continue. And so that's why he says, just as you started, so Continue in Jesus. Keep going. Keep pressing on. Keep living for him. See, Jesus wants us to be like branches. He talks in, in the Gospels about how he is the vine and we are the branches. And if we want to keep flourishing, we've got to stay, stay caught up in him. In the book of Revelation, I love it, Jesus writes a letter. Jesus writes a letter to a church in Ephesus. And this church, they had received Jesus, but they hadn't continued as they received him. And he says this, it's up on the screen. He says to the church in Ephesus, he says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. That's a challenge for us, isn't it? Are we continuing as we started? 
with the love we had for Jesus as we started. Uh, One writer in America, Tim Keller, he talks about this. He says, the gospel is not just the ABCs of Christianity, but it's the A to Z. Now, it rhymes better when I say Z instead of Z, but you get what I'm saying. What's he saying? He's saying, some people think that the gospel, the message of Jesus is the ABCs. You know, you become a Christian, you understand Jesus, you understand the basic truths of the Bible, and then you kind of outgrow them and you graduate and you move on to something else, something more interesting, something maybe a bit more culturally relevant or something a bit different. But no, Jesus is not just the ABCs, he's the A to Z. He's it all, our whole Christian life going deeper, pressing on, enjoying him more, loving him more, living for him more. And that's why Paul says, continue to live your lives in him. Submitting every aspect of our life to his lordship. When you sit down on that work desk tomorrow, sit down on your desk, Jesus is Lord over that workplace. Will you submit to him there? As you live life with your family in your home this week, it might be chaos, kids running around everywhere, but Jesus is Lord over your household. Will you submit to him? As you go to your gym session, as you catch the bus to work, as you have dinner with your mates, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over your private thoughts. Jesus is Lord over every Netflix show you stream. Jesus is Lord over every tap on your credit card. Jesus is Lord over every stock you invest in, over your mortgage, over your car, over your aspirations, your longings, your dreams. Will you submit to him? Will you keep going in him, living for him in every aspect? Of our lives. The Colossians have been doing that. Paul's bursting with thanks at the beginning of the letter. He, he just starts by saying, I just thank God for you, Colossians, because you're pressing on in Jesus and you're living for Jesus and you, you're filled with faith and hope and love. And he's saying, keep going. Keep going. Abraham Kuyper, he says this. He says, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine, mine. And so the whole rest of this book of Colossians, the whole rest of the letter is all about this, continuing in Jesus, living for Jesus as Lord in every part of our life. But in verse 7, what he does is kind of fleshes this out and helps us understand what it looks like to live for Jesus and continue in him as Lord in every aspect of our lives. Four things he says. Firstly, to continue in Jesus is to be rooted in Christ. To be rooted in Christ. Picture yourself standing at the bottom of a huge tree one of those giant trees, and you just look up its massive trunk. You see the branches going as far as you can see. And you know, holding that tree in place are deep roots, deep, strong roots into that soil 
So much so that when a storm comes, like it did a few weeks ago, that tree stands firm. And what this is saying is that if you're a Christian, your roots are in Christ. That's already true. Your roots are in Christ. And so when the storms of your life come, when the challenges come, when things get hard, he's got you. He's holding on to you. He's your security. He's your hope. He's your rock. Our roots are in him. But the question for us is, are we going to put our roots down deeper? We're going to put our roots down deeper. Or are we going to uproot ourselves and put our roots in different soil? I'm a millennial, you know, in that 18 to 35 bracket. And um, that means that I own a lot of houseplants. Okay? That's meant to be funny. Yeah, there we go. I've heard a lot of houseplants. Um, you can make fun of millennials. We have a lot of them. Yeah, they're everywhere. Any kind of spare corner, we have a lot of houseplants. And uh, if you've ever been like me and you've experienced those moments where you've got a plant potted and you need to move it to other, another pot and you take it out and if you do it wrong and you put it into the wrong kind of soil or you do it the wrong way, the plant will die. You know that experience? And this is saying to us, we've got our roots in Jesus, in the soil of Christ, and if we put our roots in a different soil, if we abandon Christ, we keep, can't keep going spiritually. We've got to keep our roots going deeper into Jesus, further and deeper rooted into him, not moving on, but continuing. Rooted in him. Secondly, he says, rooted and built up in him. We are under construction, every single one of us. When you pass those huge construction projects and you see builders walking in and out and, and contractors walking in and out and road detours and pedestrians having to take different paths and you look at it and you just think, this looks like chaos. Has anyone got a plan here? How is this all working together? But you know that there's an architect who has an overarching vision and all these different things and obstacles are all working together to achieve God, to achieve the architect's purpose. And it's the same in our lives. We are under construction. God is building us up to make us more like Jesus so that we live for him more and more and continue in him. There are going to be distractions. There are going to be things that we didn't expect. There are going to be obstacles and detours, challenges and trials. But God has a master plan, and he's building us up to be more like Jesus. And the tools he uses in that construction project, the tools he uses are as we read the Bible, as we pray, as we gather together with his people at church. We are under construction. And so Paul is just saying, keep going in Jesus. Keep being built up in him. Don't build yourself and build your life on anything else. But let God keep building you up as you run the race for him. Thirdly, rooted in Jesus, built up in Jesus, and strengthened in the faith. Strengthened in the faith. What is he talking about here? He's not talking about strengthened in your faith necessarily. He's talking about being strengthened in the faith, the teachings of Jesus. 
He's saying these are the teachings that the Colossians have already received, already been taught. So again, he's saying, remember what you heard about Jesus, Colossians. Remember what you heard about the gospel. Be strengthened in it. Keep going deeper into the word of God. Keep knowing your Bibles more and more. Keep being strengthened. And lastly, he says, to continue in Jesus is to overflow with thankfulness. To overflow with thankfulness. It's to enjoy him, to love him, to be bursting with gratitude. See, if you really believe Jesus is Lord, if you've really grasped that he made all things and holds you in his arms, that all things are held together in him, if you really grasp that, then you want to be thankful. How can you not overflow with thanks? This thankfulness, it's more than the, the corny thankfulness we see written on coffee, coffee cups, you know, be thankful. Or when you go to uh, Kiki K or see those, um, those stationery stores and it's got gratitude journals, you know those? And every day you're meant to just be thankful for something to make yourself feel better. It's more than that. It's deeper than that. To be abounding in thanksgiving as a Christian is to realise something about God and something about ourselves. Firstly, ourselves is to realise that we don't deserve anything. And about God, it's to realise he is the God of grace. Every good gift comes from him. Everything is because of his grace. He's a good God, isn't he? He's a great God. He's a generous God. And so to be abounding in thanksgiving is to worship, to enjoy him, that we have no merit in receiving, but only because of his great generosity in giving. Abounding in thankfulness. And that's why it's so exciting this year we're talking about enjoying God and we've been revisiting it over and over again in the story of Colossians, particularly back in chapter one. This is a God that we can enjoy and burst with thanks for who he is and what he's done. So 3.30. This is an encouraging book. This is an encouraging two verses. Keep going. Keep pressing on. Don't take a different path. But keep being rooted in Jesus. Keep being built up in Jesus. Keep being strengthened in the faith. Keep abounding in thanksgiving. Just as you started, so finish. And can I say 3.30, I would be amiss to not remind us that God holds on to us. By his spirit, he helps us persevere. He doesn't let go. He's with us as our roots are in him. John Chapman, he was an Australian evangelist. Uh, If you remember John Chapman, he was very to the point, matter of fact. And he used to say this. He used to talk to himself and say this. When I get up in the morning and have had enough of being a Christian... I sit on the end of my bed and swing my legs over the side and I say, John Chapman, have you had any fresh information that Jesus Christ did not live? 
and say to himself, no, I have not. And John Chapman, have you had any fresh evidence that Jesus Christ did not die for you, rise from the grave and promise to return? No, I have not. Well, John Chapman, keep going. It is obviously the best thing to do. That's what God's saying to us today. Keep going. Keep pressing on. Keep continuing. Deeper and deeper, abounding in thanksgiving, rooted, established, strengthened in Jesus, the Lord of all. Let's pray together. Father, we're reminded that there was nothing we could do to earn your approval, but all we could do was receive. Father, we pray that those in this room who haven't received Jesus might do so, and for all of us, we would continue as we started, living for you, going deeper in you for the rest of our days, and we pray this. In your son Jesus' name, amen.